Pastor Henry Harder and Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue today in Romans chapter 8, moving on to verses 9 through 11. In the opening verses of this chapter, Paul has given us a terrible but accurate picture of the corrupt nature of mankind. But now, beginning here with verse 9, we see that there is deliverance, and it is through the Spirit of God. But here is the question. Are we willing to accept God's estimation of our human nature? Are we willing to turn it over to the Holy Spirit and quit placing our trust in the weak, sinful nature that we have? Now, here are verses 9 through 11, and Paul writes as follows. But you are not like that. You are controlled by your new nature if you have the Spirit of God living within you. And remember that if anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ living in him, he is not a Christian at all. Yet, even though Christ lives within you, your bodies will die because of sin. But your spirit will live, for Christ has pardoned it. And if the Spirit of God, who raised up Jesus from the dead, lives in you, he will make your dying bodies live again after you die by means of this same Holy Spirit living within you. Mighty God, let every melody out of my mouth sing praise. 
body of a Christian is subject to physical death due to the consequence of sin. But the spirit is life. Because the spirit of the Christian has been justified, it is not subject to death as is his body. The Christian is indwelt by the life-giving spirit as a result of his justification. But Paul continues. In verse 11, he tells us that the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, whose presence is evidenced by the spirit-controlled life, guarantees the resurrection of the believer's mortal body also. The indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in a believer provides assurance that our resurrection is certain even now. Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. The Bible speaks of one God, not many. It emphatically denies the existence and therefore the worship of any other gods. The Shema, that is Deuteronomy 6, 4, reads, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. We firmly hold to that truth. At the same time, the Bible writers recognized within the single Godhead three distinctions, or three persons. The first person, the Father, the second person, the Son, and the third person, the Holy Spirit. It is this third person, the Holy Spirit, whom Paul writes about in Romans 8, verses 9 through 11. He is addressing the believers in Christ at Rome, and he writes, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Paul makes several points of extreme importance here. First, it is impossible to be a believer that is a Christian without having the indwelling Spirit. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ, Paul writes. Second, every Christian, every believer in Christ, is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That follows, number one. No Christian is without the Spirit. He takes up his abode in every believer. Since the Holy Spirit is a person, he cannot be divided. So it follows that every Christian has all of the Spirit. We cannot get more of the Spirit, nor does any one person have less of the Spirit than any other person. Every believer in Christ, at the time he receives the life of Christ, also receives the Holy Spirit. He is from that point on indwelt by the Spirit. Now, there's a third point Paul makes here, and that is that the indwelling Holy Spirit gives to the believer a totally different life, a different mindset. But notice a fourth point Paul raises. Hear verse 11 again. And the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. Evidently, there is a future work of the Holy Spirit to which Paul here refers. 
the Holy Spirit will be involved in making our mortal bodies alive. Presumably, after the death of this body, the Holy Spirit will be involved in raising it. But more than just the act of resurrection, the Holy Spirit will also give to every believer resurrection life. Our mortal bodies will be raised. That's the act of the resurrection. But these subject-to-death bodies will be glorified. That is, they will receive a life that is beyond the power of death and beyond any power to destroy. It is the very life of God. That's a part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit within us. Perhaps that's in part what Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 15.44 when he calls our glorified bodies spiritual bodies. But why does Paul say that the Holy Spirit will give life to our mortal bodies? Why not just say dead bodies? I believe Paul chooses the word mortal carefully because he wants to connect our mortal bodies with our resurrected bodies. It is this mortal body that will be given God's eternal, never-subject-to-death life. There is continuity and identity with the future. I have come to the conclusion that there is a much closer connection between this life and the next. There is identity. These same mortal bodies will be raised and given God's life. And there is continuity. It is these raised mortal bodies that will continue there. Christ's resurrected body, of course, supplies the basis and the pattern for ours. His mortal body was raised. There was identity. The disciples recognized him after his resurrection. Even his wounds were evident. Evidently, it is in that body that our Lord continues in eternity. There is identity and there is continuity. I repeat what I've said many times before on what's new. Our mortal bodies were not made just for this earth-space-time dimension. They were made for eternity. Our mortal bodies were not made to die. They were made not to die. They were made to live eternally. Sin brought death to our bodies. Death is an intruder. Death is not a part of life. It is a foreign element that sin brought in. But death has been defeated when God raised Jesus, and that guarantees that each mortal body that has Christ's life will be raised to share God's eternity, never subject to death life. Think about it. Read verse 11 of Romans 8 again. That's what Paul and God are saying to us. Don't miss it. It all begins with a commitment to Jesus Christ. We shall rise, we shall rise, alleluia, we shall rise. In the resurrection morning, when the dead in Christ shall rise, we shall rise, alleluia, we shall rise. And the saints will come rejoicing, and no tears will there be found. We shall rise, alleluia, we shall rise. 
We shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise, amen. We shall rise, hallelujah, in the resurrection morning. When death's prison bars are broken, we shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise. In this resurrection morning, blessed thought it is to me. We shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise. I shall see my blessed Savior who so freely died for me. We shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise. We shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise, amen. We shall rise, hallelujah, in the resurrection morning. When death's prison bars are broken, we shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise. In the resurrection morning, we shall meet him in the air. We shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise. And be carried up to glory to our home so bright and fair. We shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise. We shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise, amen. We shall rise, hallelujah, in the resurrection morning. When death's prison bars are broken, we shall rise, hallelujah, we shall rise. We shall rise, we shall rise, we shall is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA. 